Zee Wilker, Samuel! Please, Redneck Joe, you're listening to the Goddamn General Mission Wrestling Podcast. Lay off! Vote for Trump, huh? Welcome to another exciting episode of the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. I am Avenging Ben. And this ain't Redneck Joe, it's Whole Milk Mike. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And we are going to cut through all the bullshit and get to the nitty gritty of the world of wrestling, indie and professional, lucha and American. And we're going to kick it off tonight by talking about Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. But before we do, Michael, if you could be so kind, explain to the nice people listening out there who the hell Red- Redneck Joe is. <laughs> this had this had me and Ben dying for like an hour. Okay, we were killing time. There's a there's the a Facebook started. page called Trash Bag Wrestlers, and they go through the shittiest, terrible, awful gimmicks. They're trash bag wrestlers. They're terrible, horrible costumes, out of shape, horrible looking wrestlers. And we see a shitty poster for of a Southern wrestling show. And we re- we're reading off all of the ridiculous names that these schmucks have chosen. <laughs> and of course, the one name that pops up is Redneck Joe. Oh, fucker! <laughs> because of course, <laughs> because of course, Mike, how could you forget about good old Redneck Joe? Yeah, well, what the fuck were the other names on there? I don't even remember now. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. Redneck Joe. Oh, wait, hang on. I have it right here. Redneck Joe. The King of Chaos, spelled K-A-O-S. Chris Ross Bray. <laughs> Shouldn't that be Bray Ross? Yeah, Will the Future, the rapper. <laughs> Ghost, my, my personal favorite is Ghost Rider Kenny. Oh my god, they killed Kenny. <laughs> you missed I can't. I can't. Okay, we could spend an this extra- shit was more entertaining than raw. Oh my god, it was. I had more fun talking to you about these fucking gimmicks than I than I had three hours of raw. And now with your Monday Night Raw review. All right, let's talk about raw. Like like I said, I honestly think as the weeks go on, raw has been getting progressively a little bit better every week, but it's still not as good as SmackDown is. Yeah. I don't know. The ratings just don't show it. But the quality of the wrestling is high. Like, again, like the, the issue with Raw is not the wrestling. Like, the wrestling is really good. Really good. Yeah. But the main events are thing to look forward to. They really aren't. Like, if anything, the highlights of this Raw were really just more story-based than anything else. There wasn't, exi- But there weren't exactly any matches that made me go, whoa, this was so cool. 
I really yeah. did enjoy. I like how honestly, this is something to talk about. I really enjoy that they're finally turning Seth Rollins babyface. I really like that. Which they should have done when he returned. Oh my like god! Like in May, I believe. That was a what really... was Extreme Rules? That was in June. That was in June. June. They should have pulled the trigger on that right away, but then they're like, I didn't miss any of you. I'm still the snarky heel. And I'm like, oh, God, no. We want to see him. We were cheering for him. What are you doing? This is really stupid. But now that they finally got the heads out of their asses and turned them babyface. Which was ultimately the best decision for him. And he's allowed to do a lot more aerial offense now, which I think is good for him. Yeah, and by the way, I we I, I know we said we were gonna go into a rant mode later, but let me just get it out now. Seth go. Rollins has been personally attacked by the Hart family, and it's pissing me off. The Hart family just needs to fuck off all of them. Smith, Brett, fucking Joe, that's a redneck over there. They can all fuck off. Because recently. In New York, apparently Seth Rollins has a wrestling school. I didn't know that. But he has a wrestling school, and a, and a guy from New York who's 20 years old went to the school. And apparently, they're, supposedly the trainers were pushing him, and the kid went on the side, he was throwing up, he went to cardiac arrest, and he died on the spot. Then that proceeds... That leads to Smith Hart going on a Facebook rant and talking about how Seth Rollins is the worst wrestler in the world and that the death was his fault. First off, who the fuck is Smith Hart? I don't know you. Oh, I, don't, I don't know either. All I know is that you're the older brother of Brett. whoop the fucking do So... In my opinion, you have no, you have no right to, first off, use a dead twenty-year-old kid to get your agenda across. That's what pisses me off. Now I was fine with it when Brett was doing it because the guy fucking wrestled in the WWE. Smith Hart, where did you wrestle? Deep South, OVW. Like really, like fuck off. Seth Rollins is like the best thing at WWE right now, and you're just pissed off for no reason. Yeah, it's pretty damn distasteful. But like, honestly, I've always been a big the, the this is we've been letting this happen lately. We're voices from the we're giving the voices of the past way too much power. We're giving guys like Vince Russo too much power, Jim Cornette too much power, Vader too much power. We're letting these guys who gave a lot to this business, I'm not denying that, but they are out of touch with how it is now. We're giving them too much of a voice. Yeah, it just needs to stop. People, some people need to get off the internet. That's the pro, like, That's the issue. Some people just need to get the fuck off the internet. I mean, listen to our podcast first, then get off the internet. If you don't like our opinion, I'll give you five seconds to click off this episode right now. Okay, if you're still there, enjoy. Uh, Fuck you, man. Okay, moving on. Now that we've gotten the ranting out of the way, let's move on to this Raw. And thankfully, actually, one of the more positive things to come out of this Raw was they reversed that stupid-ass decision 
to make Sasha the number of the one number one contender. They made it a triple threat match, like we've been saying for like two weeks now. Yeah, thank God they finally fixed it because now it's a triple threat for Clash of Champions, which we'll, we'll give our predictions at the end of the Raw review. Of course. But they finally, like, like we said it on last week's show, we saw a double pin. It was clear as day. They've done this kind of thing before. It's the it's the simplest way to set. It's old school booking. It's the simplest way to set up a triple threat match. And they looked like they didn't know that they did it, even though it was clear as day. Yeah, and I loved how the fact that last week, after we said that on the show, somebody had the balls to make a report. Apparently, somebody from backstage at WWE said that, oh, that finish wasn't planned. Sasha wasn't supposed to do that. I, what? What? First off, if, let's, let's be devil's advocate here. If that wasn't supposed to happen, why the fuck would she even do that in the first place? Try to explain, like, explain that to me. But Makes no, no they, sense. But they fixed that. They fixed the problem. We're getting a triple threat because, honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't even looking forward to another Sasha Charlotte match because the, the matches, they're the same. There's nothing we've we've seen it too much. It. We've seen it and, way too much. And it's too early to put Bailey one-on-one with Charlotte. And it's too early to put a Sasha and Bailey match together one-on-one. So triple threat's the right way. I Personally, I thought it was, they were going to do a fatal four-way and add Dana to it. But you know what? This is actually better because Dana's not ready to be in that position yet. I think we were a little harsh on Dana Brooke last week. She's not nearly as bad as we might be saying. I just don't think she's ready for that top spot yet. If you listen to other podcasts like Dodd, Tony, and Kevin Castle, you listen to Wrestling Soup, they go in on this girl. and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. <laughs> oh, Honestly, my God. Because this girl got called up way too early. I'm gay. Jesus Christ. Good for you. A <laughs> lovely sound producer is having fun over there. <laughs> oh, shout out to our to our faceless, invisible sound guy who keeps... Okay. If you've ever wondered where those random sound effects come from, it's our sound guy just fucking with us. But we love him and we thank him. I'm gay. <laughs> Good for you. It's 2016. Moving on to the... <laughs> Moving on to the always entertaining, always, always enthralling Von Strowman squash match. This week, it was a, it was a match against Sin Cara, and I have to say, like, honestly, Braun Strowman, he's getting better. The, 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 the only thing I can say is he, he needs to stick with a finish and just stick with it. Because every squash match that he's in, it's either, oh, he's doing a reverse choke slam. He's either doing a power slam. He's either doing a fucking stair match finish. Whatever the fuck he wants to do. Mike. Whatever the fuck he wants to do. And I'm not explaining a stairs match because that's going to take like an hour for me to do. <laughs> but Braun Strowman using, using a power slam as a finish, that's fine because David Boy Smith used it. So... It fits him. He's a bodybuilder type. It's just that the face, he has the face of a baby, but with facial hair. So it's kind of hard to, I don't know, be intimidated by him. Why do they keep, like, I agree, like, Braun Strowman is, I feel like Braun Strowman's in an awkward spot right now. They need to book him in an incredibly specific way to be successful. But on a different note, like, They've been using Sin Cara like two, three weeks now. Like, whatever happened to like? Remember when like Callisto 
was getting the push. Whatever happened to Callisto getting a push? Well, he cut one bad promo about his lucha art, and he's been buried ever since. Yeah, I'm gonna. He's Mike. He's gonna his, make a good. Callisto's. Gonna, just, I don't want. He's gonna make a good lucha thing. He's gonna make a good lucha thing. Damn the it! Last, the, last, the last time we seen Callisto on TV was when he got butt raped by Baron Corbin. <laughs> Let, let's stick a. About that one for a second. He got hide and raped on SmackDown. Hide and raped. No, not hide and raped. Hide and raped. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh my god. And we'll talk about Baron Corbin in the SmackDown review. We'll talk about Baron Corbin. Moving on sure. to every moving on to everything. Obviously we had a repeat of the same. We had a repeat of the same Dar- Charlotte and Dana versus Sasha and Bailey tag team match we had two times already, and I'm like I like all. I like most of these women. It was a decent match, but I've seen it before. Not much to unbox about that. What this, another? Was, this was basically a background uh, backlash, battleground rematch. rematch. Basically, only this July. time. Only this time, the heels went over. This time, and Charlotte won with a big boot, which I liked. That she's she's incorporating different finishers. Now you, you just heard me going on a rant, a little rant about Braun Strowman using different finishers. Charlotte kind of needs it. Yeah, because she can't, the, she, she can't and she can't make Bailey tap out. Oh God! She can't, and, you, she and you can't and you can't make her tap out Sasha. So the big test boot is it? I guess the big test boot is it? It is. Uh, a good, good lucha, lucha thing. <laughs> we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. No, we're gonna make a good. We're gonna make a good mic. We're gonna use our microphones. We're gonna make a good. Make, we're gonna make a good make a, make podcast a, uh, thing. A good, good lucha, lucha thing. God. Fuck! <laughs> gonna, instead of saying "dad," we we'll say "fuck." We're gonna make a good podcast thing. Fuck! Woo! <laughs> Moving on, we're talking about the best of seven series, the sixth match, oh, best of seven, mercifully oh, oh, oh. ending. Finally, I am. Remember, like four or five weeks ago, when we said, "Oh, these guys always put on good matches. We'll never get sick of this." I am sick of it. Yeah, I was watching this match. I was like, "Can you please end now?" Yeah, we you, we you, send the sirens and give me an ambulance because send me to the hospital. I can't watch these two wrestling anymore. Oh my god, I cannot even with okay. this. Like, they're all good matches. They're all good matches. They're fine. I've just I've seen it six, no more than that because they wrestled like three or four weeks before in a row. I've seen this match literally ten times now, and it's getting boring. Uh, it's not Cesaro's fault. It's not Sheamus' fault. It's just that they do the same match over and over and over again. Do you want to fucking blow your brains out? <laughs> God, but you do. Won, but Cesaro won, which we all knew. We were now, gonna, was, now, so, the, so they got three apiece, and they're going on to they're going on to Clash of Champions. I hope to God Cesaro wins. Otherwise, what the fuck was the point of this? I hope to God they explain what title the person's going for, because if they say tag team titles, I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> oh, my God. This was to prove you two could work together. Fuck oh, it. my God. That is something they would do, weren't they? Oh, Lord. Like, that okay, is but something this was, they would do. That bunch of stupid idiots. Speaking of stupid idiots, this segment saved this Raw for me. Chris Jericho coming out with another... Pulitzer Prize winning list. His list of stupid idiots. Armbar. Wait, no, that's the wrong list. He, he made a list of idiots. 
He made his list of stupid idiots, and he put Enzo and Cass, The Shining Stars, New Day, Bullet Club. But then that was actually, honestly, I'm never really a fan of big clusterfuck, like, sequences where it's just a zillion people in the ring. This one was actually pretty entertaining. And I'm, I'm sorry, Chris Jericho, in my eyes, can do no wrong. He is yeah, just... Yeah, honestly. He can just do... I am so... It's moments like this that make me really happy he's on Raw right now because I... I enjoy watching him so much, and I am going to be really sad when he goes one day because he is a treasure, man. Give it up for Chris Jericho because that guy is he is a legend. Yeah, the, the one thing I, I got away from this segment was that the Shining Stars came out and they were selling their pamphlets again. Oh, God. Like, That's a, this I, is, my, by my the way, hand. this is a thing now. Oh God! Little kids this... were taking them, man. They're pro- I, I, honestly, I want to want to go. I want to go to one of their shows, and I want to see what fucks in that pamphlet. I want to see Petit's legitimate pamphlet. Look at this place. This, this is paradise because it's always beautiful and smells good too. It smells good too, Kelly. Okay. Jesus Christ. We got the sickness attack. And finally, the real meat of this Raw, what everybody has been waiting for for like five weeks now, and ultimately the best segment of the show. Let's talk about the Fatal 4-Way Cruiserweight debut match. Yeah, this was awesome. Mick Foley fucked up. I forget. How did he he fuck up? uh, He was... See, I'm about to fuck up. Uh, He was trying to recite a quote, but Mick... I'm sorry, Mick Foley... I'm kind of getting sick and tired of him on Raw. Are you? I'm Lawson. My I have a great deal of love and admiration for Mick Foley. Fuck, we both. No, no I do too. But as a, like an on-air character, like like we just know he's gonna get fired too. But it's like, do you want it now? Oh my god! Like nip it now while it's still relatively young. I'm not sure. I say give him a while before we can like fully judge. But let's. Not focus on that. Let's focus on this really awesome match, which it was really awesome. Can we agree it on was, that? Yeah, it was a fatal four-way. Between the, the number four. one contender for the new, newly crowned Cruiserweight champion held by championship play, held by TJ Perkins. Dab on TJP. And by, the the way, four- by the way, it was funny because we had the final prediction on the last show. It's just that we went with Grant Metallic. We did. T- we were T- one. TJ fucking Perkins won the Does. whole damn thing. Which I'm fine with. TJ Perkins is great. Yeah, but it's like we were expected Grand Metallic because we thought he we were he was gonna get the Mysterio push. He still could, but if they wanted to like push him to the moon, that was a chance to do it. But uh, they he was in this fatal four way along with. Rich Swan, Cedric Alexander. And my boy and yours, the man, the myth, the former WWE champion. He held it for two minutes. It technically counts. The yep. Brian, Brian fucking Kendrick. Kendrick. I kind of marked out when he came out to Man With A Plan. I love I that know. song. I am so, I am so happy that he's here. And he was doing great stuff in this match. Yeah, a lot of uh, high-flying action. Uh, Rich Swan does his jumping uh, 450. Grand Metallic diving off of the ropes. It was insane. And you, it was like... Oh, yeah, play it. Play it. Yeah. 
Oh I'm my gay. god, that's fine. I remember that gimmick. Like, like, I remember that gimmick from yesterday, like from 2008, where he would cut a promo in the backstage area with his with his funny jackets, and you just see big Ezekiel Jackson reading Dr. Seuss in the background. <laughs> I remember uh, those were the days, but Brian Kendrick did win. I'm, which he I, still said, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I was surprised he won. That was actually maybe they saw what like an emo- what a great reaction he was getting at the classic, and they decided to go with it. Which honestly, I'm kind of glad they gave him the thing. Uh, here's why: all three, all four of the guys in the match would have made a great number one contender. You need sort of a heel to face the brand new babyface champion. You need a heel right off the bat. Grand Metalik, Rich Swan. Cedric Alexander, all fantastic. You need a heel for this. And I feel like Brian Ken- the Brian Kendrick, the seasoned veteran, the heel, versus TJP, the new upstart, the new babyface champion, I feel is going to make a good pairing. And that match is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. WCW had the Cruiserweights, and they always put them in the first hour. Do you think Raw is going to do that with the Cruiserweights, or do you think they're going to put them right before the main event? I think that if this because Ron, Ron needs Ron needs or in the middle Ron needs a way to keep our attention for three hours and goddamn it if what they're going to be keeping our attention with is a Bo Dallas squash match every week because I'm not getting into it because there's nothing to say about it he came out and he rhymed again which was weird and he's but, still wearing his social outcast singlet even though he's not on the social outcast anymore don't even know why. <laughs> But then, but if that's what they're trying to keep our attention with, no, keep the cruiserweights till like the end of the second act or the beginning of the third act because that's the, really the only thing that was keeping me going during that Raw, knowing that the cruiserweights were on their way. It certainly wasn't the promise of Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens in a steel cage. Speaking of... Which, which by the way, we, uh, we forgot to mention that the first match of the night was for the first time ever we had Seth Rollins versus Rusev. Yep. Because let's, let's remind you of what happened last week on Raw. Seth Rollins came out at the main event even when Mick Foley told him not to. Seth Rollins was walking to the back and Mick Foley came out and he said, you and, uh, you and me are going to have a talk. I'm going to bend you over, over my knee. I'm going to smack you in the ass. No. I'm gay. So this week, they no. opened the show. And what's Seth Rollins' punishment? He gets a one-on-one match with, with the United, United States, States champion. Now, when they when he said that, I was thinking, "Are oh, you fucking kidding me? You're gonna have Rusev beat five days or six days before your pay per view? Are you really that retarded?" But to their credit, they did it. But they, guess what? this is but one ben, of the they, but Ben they used their, one of their famous finishes. What was it? The double fucking countout. Because you want to know why? Perfect fucking timing. Thank you. Because honestly, this is one of the only times, I don't know if you're going to disagree with me or not, this is one of the few times I will ever take a double countout because it doesn't make Rollins look weak, doesn't make Rusev look weak. It's just fine. Yeah, but here's my problem with it. Like I said before, this was actually the first time that these two had a one-on-one match. Why and would they, you wait? Uh, why would you waste it as you f- in the first hour of your show? This just, by the way, Raw's ratings pulled a one point eight zero. Jesus. Now compared to their first 
episode of Raw after the brand split, which they pulled a 3.34. Fuck. What the fuck has happened in the past month? You want to know why? Why? Because of, of bullshit. Oh, my God. It's... Hey, yep. Exact. Hey, yo. Exactly. Oh I don't know. This, this was a match that I could have seen on a pay-per-view in the future, but no. No. It was... It was, it was no. Just, blew it. Just fuck you. Just double count out. And Seth Rollins has to dive off a, t- a, a two-foot table. That was like... You literally just could have just given him an axe handle, but no, the fucker had to jump. Ugh. But then a- again, we get to the main event with... Roman Reigns coming out. Yeah, this even pissed me off even more. Why are you hot-shotting a steel cage match six days before your pay-per-view? It's a really boneheaded decision on their part because I'm just like, why are you giving this to us now? And why is this like, you're first off, you're making your champion look ungodly weak by having Roman Reigns win. Second of all, okay, I'm going to say this for the record. I have never really liked steel cage matches. I, I think they kind of limit a wrestler's ability to, like, move and take bumps and such. You know what I love? Is when the announcers try to tell us that in a steel cage match, nobody can get in. That and then the, people get in every time. That is the biggest load of horseshit I've ever heard in my life. Now, let's rewind and go back to the beginning of the show. Roman Reigns came out, cut a promo. Talking about how he got screwed last week, even though he did it, he lost clean. Yep. Actually, no. If you count the, I did count the Rusev part because Kevin Owens did hit his finish, and to, to me, that's clean. But you know what? Foley comes out, and what does McFoley do? He gives him a United States Championship match for this Sunday. So basically, McFoley just told us. If you get fucked, you're getting a title shot. <laughs> yeah, in a I, nutshell. I hate this booking. It makes no sense. No. It's literally every week, every week with this, we're just like, they have amazing talent, and they're writing them in the stupidest of ways. When did baby faces become morons? I'm sorry. When did baby faces become just goddamn idiots? Right Baby faces have been morons for like five years now, and it's pissing me off. Heels are—is it just in, when you turn heel, does your intelligence immediately strike back up? The no, only—I get it, I get it. Nobody could be The Rock. Nobody could be Stone Cold. Nobody could be Bret Hart. Nobody could be Shawn Michaels. But for fuck's sake, can babyfaces today have a brain? Please, please, just just a little bit. Come on, just a wee. The fucking scarecrows asking the wizard for a braid. Give him a braid. Why are you making? Why are you making them all as smart as Redneck Joe? <laughs> and, and if I know our lovely producer, he's probably gonna play a Wizard of Oz clip right now. Don't forget to subscribe, baby. I actually like that drop. That was really nice. Thank you. Very nice stuff. But back Don't to this to horse. Subscribe, this, baby. By the way, the main event wasn't bad. It was a good. It was a good, good cage match. match. It was a decent. Listen, again, like I said, not a fan of cage matches. This was <coughs> as good as a televised for cable steel cage match in 2016 could be. Yeah. It's, by the way, when they announced the cage match, I just knew they they saw the ratings and they're like, okay, we need to bring people back. So what are we gonna do? Let's just 
put a random gimmick in our main event. Uh, and it did not work. It did and, not work. And Ben, who won this match? Roman fucking Reigns. Now we, going... now we love Roman Reigns, but this finish makes no sense. Now, listen, we're one, of the, we're one of, like, what, maybe the two wrestling fans on the planet who don't completely hate this guy. I hate the booking as much as anybody, but I don't hate the guy himself. He's unbelievably talented. He's a workhorse. You know what I would have done for this, Raw? I would have booked it. I, I would have pulled a theater along and made a tag team main event. Because if you want, if you want people to tune in, do this: have Kevin Owens and Rusev versus Rollins and Reigns, and you have like a two. And, and during show. the night, you air vignettes of all their battles. You get a promo in the back with them two talking, be like, "Listen, I don't like you, and you don't like me. We've had differences in the past, but tonight." Let's get through this so we go so we can go to our championship matches. Cool. cool. It's like that's what I would have done. We are gonna have ourselves a tag team match. Jesus Christ, Teddy Long. But yeah, I agree with you. It was just a misstep on their part as far as booking goes. Yeah, so Rusev comes out, locks himself in the cage. No, actually, this did lead to one amazing line from Kevin Owens. He's screaming at Rusev, Machka something. <laughs> I forgot that Machka something. <laughs> that actually made the whole main event worth it, just to hear Kevin Owens say Machka something. Kevin Owens just gets it. He just gets it. He really does. Overall, Raw, much better than it's been the past few weeks, honestly. But we, know we, for- we, we forget about the, the main point of this. Rollins oh, came to the rescue of Roman Reigns, and he jumped off the cage. Which was cool. That was cool. I was kind of scared. I was kind of scared when he came down and grabbed his leg. I was kind of scared. Yeah. Because I was like, really? Did you just fucking hurt yourself six days before the pay-per-view? Oh, Balor, I... was, Balor wasn't enough. You had to hurt yourself, didn't you? Seth Rollins. Wow, you you got to stop. <laughs> oh, God. But Overall... Raw was, a, was average. It was average. It, it was decent. Not the greatest Raw in the world, but decent. Just serviceable. Let's move on to the much more entertaining and superior show every week, SmackDown Live, which they got to just have to call it SmackDown. They should just call it SmackDown. DJ. <laughs> Thank you, DJ. You wonderful, wonderful troll. So oh, SmackDown. I actually, I love, can I be honest here? I love that. I, I honestly, I loved the Raw song the first time I heard it, but the SmackDown song, it took a few times to hear it to, for it to really grow on me. I really love the new SmackDown song. I still prefer the Raw song, to be honest, because the SmackDown, it just sounds, it doesn't sound intense. It just sounds like, like a rapper just came on the scene and was just like, yeah, I'm going to rap about something funny and like enthusiastic, like that doesn't scream SmackDown to me. 
Yeah, like that horse shit that our people. <laughs> yeah, like. Okay. Oh, so you so, have the SmackDown. Yeah, I, I'll take over SmackDown. Because, by the way, this show, once again, was like seven weeks in a row now. The SmackDown's won the battle this week. Who 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 won the war this week? And again, it's still still SmackDown. SmackDown. Yeah, and, 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 and by the comp- way, it's a it's a war. But, but they're advertising raw pay-per-views. It's raw advertisers SmackDown pay-per-views. And yeah, that makes zero sense. So as always, like, what kicked off SmackDown this week? I forgot. We kicked off with the contract signing for Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss for No Mercy, which now, was actually I have not, honestly this mad this this contract signing was actually really entertaining because I have honestly never seen a women's contract match where like one of the re- women's wrestlers flips the table on to somebody's face. Also, I've never seen Oh, come somebody- on. You haven't seen that before? I've seen that in a man's contract signing. I've never seen that in a women's contract signing. And I've never seen a woman, like, smack the other one in the face with the contract, which was actually great. That was great. funny. I laughed at that point. I laughed at that moment. I am so happy that they are giving Alexa Bliss the push because she is so and good. She, and she cut an awesome promo. See what happens when you don't interrupt her every 30 seconds and ask her the same stupid question and actually let her say something that she came up with? Yes, this is good. What What was the line that she said? She said that, um, Becky, you're always... She said something to the effect of, like, you're always there, you're always working hard. But the you're people, never going to be the, the champion. people like you don't deserve to be champion. You're a one-hit wonder at best. Yeah. That was that was pretty savage, and that was great. So I'm looking forward to that match very much. I'm looking forward to this women's feud than the one on Raw. Oh, my God. Because honestly, Even though this feud might last one pay-per-view, it still is better than the Raw one. Because you want to know why? I haven't seen it before. Yeah, this is different. Different, different good. Different, very good. So after that, very good it's, second. It's, 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 by the way, I just want to point out that Alexa Bliss debuted at NXT, and she was doing the fairy gimmick. She was blowing sparkles at people. Now, well, it that it is weird. It's so weird to see her make this fit transformation. She is such an awesome bitch. Oh, she plays the very few female wrestlers can play the bitch convincingly. She does it so well. I look at her and I'm reminded of like several girls I went to high school with and I'm like, oh, you get it immediately. That perfect attitude to have. Oh my God. Exactly. She's awesome. Next segment, there's a Daniel Bryan. Oh God. I'm enjoying this. I enjoy it. Miz was walking up to Bryan. He asked for a new contract. Bryan basically just told him to fuck off and get ready for your match. If you don't wrestle, you give up the title. Which is great. By the way, if they if, if they're going to do trades, the only trade I see happening is when if the Miz loses the IC title, if if yeah. He gets traded to Raw and I would put Cesaro on SmackDown. Yeah, that would make the most sense because Cesaro is dying on Raw. He needs to go to SmackDown. Even yeah, he said it. Even he said it. I wish I went to SmackDown. Yeah, look what happened to him. He's in a best of seven series with Sheamus. Clucky don't, McLucky. Don't. What did Vince Man say it on the podcast with Stone Cold? Don't piss anybody off. Oh, yeah, don't piss anybody off. This is all piss people off. 
I guess he did by being good. The Miz is on an awesome roll. Oh, he he is consistently he's the only true heel right now. Guys like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles are too damn likable to be heels. The Miz is the only guy who's actually playing a character right now, and he does it so well. I want to punch this dude in the dick, but he's so good at playing that character. Why the dick? I would rather punch him in the face than in the dick. I'm gay. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) God damn it. So basically, the the continuing the storyline of Brian doesn't like Miz. Miz doesn't like Brian. So, honestly, they, they have to keep finding... Honestly, Daniel Bryan is not going to wrestle, so they have to find a way around it to keep this feud going. But we get to our... Actually, this is the first match of the of the night. Usos versus American Alpha. Number which, one contender match for the SmackDown was, tag team was, titles. Which was way better than any tag team match Raw's been doing for weeks because... Uh, the Usos work way better as heels. They're getting their footing in that gimmick. And American Alpha are goddamn artists when it comes to tag team matches. This was... Chad Gable was still selling his leg, so that was... If only... How refreshing happened. is the, how refreshing is that to see somebody actually selling a, an injury from a week or so ago? Yeah. I remember two years ago, Bray Wyatt crushed Dean Ambrose's larynx on SmackDown. Three days, late, three days later, Dean Ambrose is back on television, on Raw. With Oh, just a neck brace on? Just a neck brace? Yeah. Apparently he, he went into RVD's stash and... Smoked better. a bunch of healing, bunch of healing marijuana. Dude, I got this healing marijuana, dude. Got, RVD says dude as many times as Vince Russo says bro. Yeah, so... And this was the number one contender match for No Mercy, and the Usos won. I'm amazed. I was really shocked by that, but you know what? I'm like, fine, keep it going. Keep the heel <clears throat> turn going. Yeah, so Usos win. We get the Usos and <laughs> Slater and Rhino in the I backstage love, segment. I love, uh, you know what? This segment was actually kind of entertaining, if not for the fact that Rhino is really into the peanut butter crackers he's eating. Oh, my God. So, Slater goes, we're going to get the WWE Universe behind us, like you you guys used to, but instead of saying, ooh, so they say, oh, they're going to say, say, rye, no. And you're going to say, no, rye, no. Thanks for the delayed reaction, Ben. (laughs) Try it again. Thank you. No, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) I missed my chance. Damn it. By the way, on King Ross's WTF moments, he has a thing where he goes, same new era, same old shit. That's what the next segment was. Baron Corbin versus Apollo fucking Cruz. I like this match. They did it on the Backlash kickoff show, and it was awesome there. They need to stop doing it and actually do something with these guys. Although, they are doing something different with Baron Corbin. They're having him feud with Jack Swagger. Yeah, honestly, a shout-out to Jay the Red Santee, host of the regular season sportscast and Mets fan Matt, who I'm just going to point this out because they wanted the brand split so bad. I personally didn't want it, but now I've kind of grown to the brand split. And one of their pitches to me was, oh, guys like Apollo Crews are going to get pushed. They're going to get big opportunities. Well, Apollo Crews is buried. 
Uh, yeah, he he's well, losing mm, every fucking match he's in. He's he loses. He smiles. He loses. He smiles. He loses. He smiles. That's all he does. I don't know. Maybe a heel turn is needed, but honestly, if he loses one more time and smiles the next goddamn week, I'm gonna flip the fuck out. I'm gonna take a hammer to my television if that's the case. Oh my god! And the the point of this was to build to Baron Corbin versus the real American Jack Swagger. Yeah, a guy that just came over from Raw, like nothing happened. My mm. contract was up. <laughs> no, literally, go back to our first episode if you haven't listened to it. He literally just shows up on camera, it's like your contract's expiring soon. <laughs> Breathes and then leaves, and then he pops up on SmackDown the next night. I don't know. Paul Cruz, Kalisto, like those guys, like I don't understand what they're doing with them. I don't I don't but get Calis- it. Callisto needs to do a good lucha thing. Oh my god. So Barry Corbin won as fucking usual. Of course with uh, and, I think he, did he win with like did he win with the end of days of the deep six? Uh I don't give a shit. He won. End of days. End of, end of days, days he won with I love both of his finishing moves. I love the deep six. That looks friggin' awesome. The, oh, by the way, the line of this match, this whole segment, was when Corbin told Swagger, you should have stayed on Raw. And I was like, that is, the, that is so fucking true. <laughs> Probably should have. That, that was a fact. And speaking of facts, we got another fucking retarded, Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> the facts vignette. He's so, this is his thing now, huh? He just does a weird voice. Says a weird Chuck Norris fact about himself, and he's looking at something that we don't get to see. Was he looking through his legs again this week? I forgot. No, he was. Say please and thank you to Kurt Hawkins. No, exactly. Honestly, yes, but it's getting even weirder because he's doing them in these weird voices for each one. Honestly, I feel like he's trying to be Matt Hardy, which not even, not even. He's. I'm saying he's trying with the voices part. If he comes, if if a vignette shows next week with him with black hair and white hair, then we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, what is that voice? What, what is the, he doing? Honestly, I was, we were not talking during Raw. We, we, we were talking during SmackDown and Raw both nights two weeks ago, but we weren't talking last night. Literally, the only reason... I was honestly, I was like, my computer was off at the time, but I was ready, honestly, to call you up and I'd be like, what the fuck was up with that promo? And I knew you would have agreed with me. I don't know. I don't know. Kurt Hawkins? Kurt Hawkins? Kurt Hawkins? Oh my god. Kurt Hawkins? Where's Grim to kick his ass? <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's Grim, and I am your future YouTube Figures Heavyweight Champion. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Jesus Christ. Naomi and Nikki Bella have a backstage interview, talking about their tag match tonight, blah, 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 blah. Then we get to Dolph Ziggler. Okay. This Two poor bat. First off, let's... This poor, this poor, 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 poor bastard. He hit the glass ceiling a long ass time ago. I loved that. That was the year of 2013. They had a chance. 
they had a chance to give him another run in 2014 when he was the sole survivor of that Survivor Series match. They had a chance to do something with that, and they just pummeled that shit into the ground. He you has an he has an awesome ladder match with Kurt Hawkins at TLC that year. Luke which Harper. Stole, with, no, sorry, with Luke Harper. He has <laughs> an awesome. So, God damn it, do you see what these promos have done to us? Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> no, not you. Not you. <laughs> not you. Fuck off. Ironically, we've met him. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. We met him. He was at so a. So, anyway, 2014, he... he. They had a chance. He had that awesome. Barn burner with fucking Luke Harper, which that match had no right being as good as it was. And they could have done something then, but they didn't. They made him job it out to Bad News Barrett. He's not even with the company anymore. Oh, my God. Dolph Ziggler was at the backstage to do an interview. This is the part I hate about his interviews. He always says he will give everything he has to win. And he's happy to be there. You fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Why are you telling us you're happy to be there? You should be cutting a promo saying, listen, the Miz and I blew the house off of Backlash. Tonight, I'm the one that's walking out the Intercontinental Champion. And you We're, can believe in that. And you can believe in that. And then again, once again, sure enough, this match was freaking awesome. Yeah, rematch from Backlash. Miz with Maurice versus Dolph Ziggler. You know what I'm really happy about? It's one of my favorite spots in any match where there's a heel manager or a valet. I love it when, or like additional <clears throat> tag partners at the side of the ring. I love it whenever like the, they, they catch the heel manager about to do something cheat, like they're about to cheat. And I love it when they're just like, ew, out of here! And they're like, no, don't make me leave. I love, I love that bit so much. It's good storytelling. It's great See, storytelling. That's you have, storytelling. It is. No, this is one of the best stories going on right now that you have Miz being a slippery shit who keeps getting out of, who keeps winning these championship matches. And like, because I loved it this time. You know what I love? This match did something I was missing. When heels on their own cheat to win, not having some outside interference, which is fine every once in a while, but he won by cheating on his own. He used the spray on his own, which was fine. He's the heel. You can do that, and it tells a good story. And it makes Dolph, it makes his loss a little easier to take because, oh, he got fucked. He got cheated. Yeah, but that, that's not even the point anymore. The point is, Zicker has lost every single match since SummerSlam. Every last one of them. He had a match, didn't he have a match with AJ Styles on SmackDown that he lost? He lost. He lost. He, his, he lost the WWE Championship match he had with Dean Ambrose, which, to be honest, that was a horrible match. Oh, my God. I, that I brought that it show. to be that bad. I, I, was, had, I was one of the people who was genuinely pulling for that match. I was going to be like, oh, this is going to be a great match. Two solid workers doing a good match. But I'm like, that match put me to sleep. That was the match where, in the night, me and my friends decided to, like, started to put everything on hold and go get some pizza around the corner because we're like, oh, we, we're not going to miss anything with this. This match is boring. And sure enough, we got our pizza just by the time that match ended. My God. And then the same week, main event SmackDown, awesome match with AJ, but he loses. But he loses. Again, F the guy puts week, on a... Following week, 
He is named number one contender for the Intercontinental Champion, and Ben knows this. I went on a rant on Facebook about it. I really, this is all you have to do. You have to call out. You have to call someone a coward to be named number one contender. That's all it takes now. And then Ben's response was, "Well, he's the show off." So I was put in my place. <laughs> he then we get the backlash, and bullshit always happens. Ziggler loses. Ziggler loses. Ziggler loses. Ziggler fucking loses. Is this guy going to fucking kill himself or not? Oh, my God. And we mean that literally because the way this dude takes bumps is suicidal. Not even that, but it's like... No, have you ever actually seen the way Dolph Ziggler nearly murders himself in some of these matches? Back in, like, 2013, 2014, this dude was taking crazy-ass bumps. This was the way he got himself over with everybody. People are always saying, oh, he's such a good worker, which to his credit, he's gotten much better. But the way he compensated back then was he would take crazy ass bumps and that would look that look amazing, but make him crazy concussion prone. Let's say I don't know. I don't know what you do with Ziggler anymore. We do not afford do, do you do Z- a third match? Ziggler to ROH. Send him to ROH. Send him to Lucha Underground. I don't know. Miz wins. He retains his title. Of course. And by the way, this next match actually fucking happened. Randy Orton versus Eric Rowan. Okay. First off, where the fuck is Luke Harper? Isn't he even cleared to compete? It's, no, wait, no. That's not even, that's not even the problem. That's, 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 I, I wouldn't I would even say that's a problem. What the fuck happened to Eric Rowan's mask? Oh my god! Why, okay, why is it? Why is his mask a cloud? Because there are those clowns in North Carolina that are stalking people by the side of the woods. Is he reenacting his career? Is, is his career a joke? So that's why he wears a a Joker mask now. I guess the sad thing is I like Eric Rowan just fine. He's decent. He's decent in the ring. When did the Batman movie come out with Heath Ledger? When did that come out? 2008. 2008. It's 2016. Oh, my God. This company's not up to date at all. They're really not Shut up, Kurt Hawkins. Shut up, Kurt Hawkins. Is he going to become like a running character on our show now? (laughs) Until this fucker wrestles, we will... Until going to be fucking with us every week. Never tell until Kurt Hawkins debuts. We will be hearing this every week. Kurt Jesus. I'm, I'm Kurt Hawkins. Smackdown Live. It's time to face the facts. Face the facts. So Randy Orton and Eric Rowan actually happened. It was, and I blinked. I went to go make some popcorn, and that match was over by the time I took the bag out. My God, Randy Orton wins. Of course. And then Bray Wyatt shows up on screen, wiggles his fingers, says some creepy bullshit, and says, run. Run from what? You're on a screen, idiot. 
I am sorry. Pull a fucking plug on Bray Wyatt already. <clears throat> I, I love for that guy has screeched to a fucking halt in recent years. You, you wanted to rant earlier. I want to rant now. They have had every single fucking opportunity to do something with this guy, and they have missed it every opportunity. They could have had him go over on John Cena. They didn't. They could have had him go over on The Undertaker. They fucking didn't. They could have had him do a million other friggin' things, and they've never done it with him. The only feud I ever think he's gone over in was probably the feud against Dean Ambrose, and I think eventually Dean got his win back in that one. They have ruined his character. He, what made him somewhat creepy, they have taken away everything that made him creepy. They've taken away the fact that he was surrounded by two bearded, homeless-looking creepy dudes. They've gotten rid of that. He doesn't come to the ring flanked by anybody anymore. They've, gotten, they've pretty much gotten rid of the rocking chair, which was actually awesome. They've gotten rid of the friggin' cool intro that he had. Like, they've gotten rid of everything that made the guy cool. And he's lost too much to be taken seriously as a credible threat anymore. Huh. You're right. You're right. Jesus Christ. And to, also to go on your little thing, like what uh, feuds did Bray Wyatt win? He beat Ryback. Oh, yeah, fuck. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, he beat Ryback. That, like, that looks good on a fucking resume. That was that was a and feud. then what and then what happened after then what happened to Ryback after he lost that feud? Mm, oh yeah, he won the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> WWE, you essentially Matt <laughs> Grain, Matt Groening, the creator of the Kevin Smith actually Kevin Smith the, the film director used to make a joke on one of his Q and A's about how in Los Angeles you essentially fail upwards. I guess that's how it works in WWE. You lose enough until you win. Oh my God! Okay, rant over <laughs> what happened after Bray wiggled his fingers and said "boo." So we had Naomi and Nikki Bella versus Carmella and Natalia, basic women's tag match. Pretty good. I'm glad that they're giving the women multiple segment segments. Naomi and Nikki Bella won by disqualification. Eh, again, average. I've never been a big fan of just like pointless but tag but, matches. But here's where it's really stupid. How did they win by disqualification? Well, Carmella whips Nikki Bella into the barricade. Okay. People have done that so many goddamn times. Bella's never wrong. Since when, since when is throwing somebody into a barricade a disqualification? Since never, but they needed a way to end the match early. You could have just had, I don't know... A pinfall, a chair shot, a low blow, a poke to the well, eye. Well, honestly, with the women, a low blow doesn't work, so. A punch to the gut or something, a poke to punch the eye. To, a punch to the titty, like, I don't know. Whatever <laughs> nah, do. that, that, uh, whatever, I don't know. Oh, by the way, oh, they can't do that because it's PG. Can I just say for the record, though, since we're on the subject, I love Naomi's entrance so goddamn much. It's so much fun. She has, she has a fun entrance. She has like I think it's more fun than Bailey's at this point. And by the way, Bailey's I don't want to go back on a huge tangent on Raw. Let's keep it focused on SmackDown. But I just gotta say, Bailey's just kinda there for me. She's not really doing much to sell herself. What do you mean? She's just kind of there for me. I, like, they've made this big deal for weeks and months. We've always wanted, hey, we want some Bailey. And like Bailey's finally on Raw. And it's just, it, she just feels like another person on the roster. She just feels like she doesn't feel as special as she used to be. Yeah, now I now I understand what you mean. She doesn't feel what made Bailey. WWE just took it away from us. They took away her magic. 
They took away the magic of Bailey. I didn't they, think they, they could do it. They took away every little thing that she accomplished at NXT and just went, you start new. You're one of us now. You're the one of us. You're, you're not the Bailey that we know that they know and love. Jesus Christ! But we go from talking about Bailey to AJ Styles, and this is where business picked up. I could listen he, to well, AJ he, he, Styles he, talk he, and just gloat forever because he sells that cocky asshole so well. AJ Styles, I think. Do you think this is the best run of his life? I do not know, but he's had some great runs before. But as far as like a mainstream run right now, as far as like from Royal Rumble to now, look uh, at what that dude has done. He's beaten Chris Jericho. He's beaten like I think he's beaten uh, John Cena. He's beaten Dean Ambrose. He's beaten a lot of different guys. He's been on the run of his life right now. He's selling merch like crazy. He's He's WWE fucking champion right now. Which is still unbelievable. unbelievable to say. I still can't believe I can say that. Say it with me now. AJ Styles. WWE champion. He's technically the face that runs, that runs the place. Yeah. And, he, and I love it how and like, that works for him. AJ Styles would like to be referred to as the face that runs the place. I love that. That's great. My God, and AJ Styles basically the whole problem was he was, he was he was complaining about the triple threat. Be like, why if I if I don't get pinned, then I still lose the title. So he was like bitching about that. He said he was gonna sit back and relax, and watch the main event and watch his two idiots that he has he he beat, just beat each other up for no reason. But to their credit, that was an awesome match. Uh, yes. Main event. Dean, Dean Ambrose. Versus Don, uh, Dean Ambrose. Don, Don Ambrose. Don, 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 Dean Ambrose. Kurt Hawkins, help me out here. Kurt Hawkins. He's never around. No, we no? finally want him, and he's not around. God, you can't do anything Kurt right, Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins? There we go. Awkwardness broken. Point is, we have Dean Ambrose versus John Cena as the main event. And this was a great match, and surprisingly, it ends with Dean Ambrose getting the clean win over John Cena. I had to blink and rewind to see that. Yeah, John Cena just lost again. John Cena is consistently losing now. How weird is that? After all these years of lol Cena wins, he's finally <laughs> shutting up and taking the pen like a good little boy. I guess it's now... Cena loses, LOL? I guess so. Wish he could have taken the pin like five years, six years ago when they wanted to put over the Nexus, but nope. But this just, this shows that they want to push Ambrose to the moon. They they really not, do. Okay, not to the moon, but give him more credible. Which I'm glad they are doing because the past two weeks, he's been getting better. I like what they're doing with him, that he's not really a good guy anymore, but he's still... Technically he is, but it's just... He's just, he's, he's a lunatic fringe. He's a lunatic, Michael. He's a loony, chunky, monkey man, Michael. We've got a lunatic bridge. JVL, you need to shut the fuck up. Yeah, when you do that, it kind of it annoys me, honestly. 
Michael, we got, a, we got a lunatic as a champion. God, shut the fuck up. And, and that wasn't the end of SmackDown because AJ Styles yeah. came out. He he tore them apart. And then and, Daniel Bryan comes out and announces that next week Ambrose gets his one-on-one rematch that he was promised for, for the, the WWE, WWE Championship. Championship. So, when, by the way, when is No Mercy? Is No, no Mercy the week after? Clash of Champions? I, I'm not sure. I hope it's not because I can't. Sure, I can't because keep, I I'm not sure it was two pay-per-views a month, right? I believe so. I, th- I don't know. If it is, then they're, uh, that gives a little hype for the triple threat. No, it is going to be, it is going to be uh, Sunday, October 9th. Okay, thank God. There's at least a week. There's at least a week in between. But wait, no, that, that's even worse, because now, fuck, what's after No Mercy? Do you see it? No, they haven't shut, uh, Hell in a Cell. That's a Raw pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell? Uh, hang on. Yeah, it's going to be a Raw pay-per-view. Okay, but after WrestleMania, they need to fix this immediately, because I can't, because as viewers... This is we, too much we, wrestling, it's, we have lives. The problem is, that... WWE keeps adding more content. We don't want more content. Fix we, the we, content we, you do have. Fix Raw. Fix whatever you need to do for SmackDown. Fix, for God's sakes, fix what you need to do on NXT. Oh, my God. They have been... The only thing going on for them right now is Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Ember Austin Moon, Aries. Austin Aries. Asuka. Asuka, Noe Jose. And that's it. That is basically it. Ty Dillinger, too. Let's not forget Ty Dillinger. And the Revival. And the Revival. Honestly, you know it. what? We, we complain, but there's actually a lot of great people. It's, here's the thing. They have a great roster, but when it comes to like, the weekly television, we just see squash match after squash match. It's like what we see on Raw. But only, NXT, condensed NXT, into an, only condensed into an hour, which makes it slightly more palatable. And NXT's been doing it for years now, and it's worked, but now that Raw does it, now it gets I, annoying. It really it's like, does. I, w- I want to see an actual matches. wrestling match. I, I don't see- want to see squash matches from fuck. What was what was this week's squash? It was uh, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas. It's like, why does he get a squash match and not um, fuck? Who's on the roster that needs one? Uh, anybody? Anybody on the roster besides Bo fucking Dallas? Oh give, Ru- give Rusev squash matches. Make him more dominant. No, they are going to give him the squash matches. Oh my god, when he debuts, they will give him the squash matches. So next week, we have something to look forward to on SmackDown, which I, by the way, I love that SmackDown promotes matches for the, oh next, for the following god. week. I missed that so when, much. Tune in you, next week to see this match. Don't you, announce it on Twitter when I'm not online. When you when, when you turn it to Raw, you are going in there like, okay, what the fuck's going to happen tonight? Because like, apparently Mick Foley and Stephanie, in storyline, booked the matches on a fly. Yeah, which like, does... Oh, like, oh, you hate him? Okay, you're going to wrestle him at 10.50. 
and you don't like you don't like her, well, you're gonna wrestle her now. It's like, can you please just announce something? I don't care what it is. I don't even fucking care if you announce Darren Young versus Titus O'Neil. Announce something. My God, no more, no more Titus O'Neil versus Darren Young. No more. No more. no more. That's a feud that needs to end. But let's let's get into Clash of Champions, which Clash is this Champ- Sunday, live let's... on the WWE Network. Live on the WWE Network, which is... I have the card right in front of me. All right, go down. Go down. Go, load it up. We start off on the kickoff show. Nia Jax versus Alicia Fox. Nia. Nia, yeah. Not much to talk about. That's pretty obvious. Let's go from, like, the bottom up, because, like, in succession... That's what I'm doing. That, that's that's the kickoff. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. I would say Sami Zayn as well. Because, honestly, Chris Jericho doesn't need it. He's on the he's on the high of his life right now. He doesn't need the win. He could, he could lose and take... He could take it. <sighs> what next? Match seven. Oh, God. Cesaro. Cesaro, 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 Cesaro all the way. Good God, end this feud. Never have them wrestle again. Move them to SmackDown. End this now. Good you God, I am sick to death of it. You know what? It's WWE. And they always fuck with us with Cesaro. I'm going to say Sheamus. All right, we'll see what happens. What next? TJ Perkins versus Brian Kendrick for the mm. WWE Cruiserweight Championship. How I'm- good. How good again does it feel to say the WWE Cruiserweight Championship? How good does that feel? It's it's really cool. It's just the fact that they refer to TJ Perkins as the first Cruiserweight Champion. Like, you guys do realize you had a title before, right? right? And like, it, pisses me, it piss, still pisses me off that Hornswoggle on his Twitter page still has final WWE Cruiserweight Champion in his Twitter bio. I got nothing against Hornswoggle. I think that guy was criminally oh, wait, underrated. Wait, wait. I think he was get, an entertaining get, figure. Ben, get rid of the horrid part. His name is Swoggle. Okay. Yes, yeah, my apologies. Swoggle was the final WWE Cruiserweight Champion. But as far as this match is concerned, I'm going with TJ. I'm going with TJ Perkins just because he literally just won it. Yeah, TJ Perkins is obviously going to win this, but I want to ask you, how many minutes do you think they're going to give this match? This, I is, their, say, this, is, their, this is their first official pay-per-view match for the Cruiserweights. How much I want to say, they, they I say tri- Triple H is going to hold Vince at gunpoint and just say, you let them go 15-plus minutes, and we're going to make money. I so I'm going to say 15-something minutes. I would say around that, t- around that as well. Uh, Rusev versus Roman. Roman. <sighs> Rusev's on a roll. Nah, but like they kill. <sighs> they don't like it when wrestlers are on rolls, so they're gonna give it to Roman. <clears throat> How loud are the boos? You think? Oh God, they're gonna be fucking legendary. But honestly, where stop, is, is Class of Champions gonna be anyway? It is going to be at. What, where, Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. I think Roman's good, but I don't know. He does a little bit better in like the flyover states, frankly. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm gonna say Rusev. Hmm. All right, Nick could go either way. Rusev. Uh, let's see, the New Day versus the the Club. I'm going with the Club. Honestly, the Club, but honestly, I just don't give a fuck anymore about this feud. This feud needs to end. It really does. If Gallows and I Anderson they had not, every opportunity to make this feud awesome, and they have failed at every opportunity. If Gallows and Anderson 
do not walk out with the tag titles in their hands. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, oh, they're going to win by DQ. No, they better fucking walk out with those titles. If they don't, I will, I will not give a shit about them ever again. I agree. It's, 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 honestly, it's now or never for them. It is now or never. Put the titles on them or send them back to Japan because the time is now. The time is right. It's time for the Bullet Club. They should have put the titles on the back of SummerSlam. They no, really but, should have. But no, they had to make the New Day beat the record. It's it's a New Day. <clears throat> it's, it's... God, no, it's God. not. Fuck them. Uh, tri- triple threat for the women's title. Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey. Charlotte. Honestly, Bailey's only in this match to eat the pin, which is sad. Yeah, she is. So, who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to say Charlotte. All I right. Was, I was going to say Sasha, but I don't know. It kind of it seems retarded to like switch the title back and forth between two people. So, I think Charlotte's going to hold it. it for a little bit. I hate it when they play hot potato with the titles. That just, that just makes it stupid for me. Finally... And with a match we're all looking forward to, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. I am going to go with Kevin Owens on this one. <sighs> this one's really hard because you don't know what they're going to do. I know Triple H is going to show up. Oh, God, he totally is. It would Triple be H stupid. is showing up. It'd be stupid if he didn't. They never should have had him off television to begin with. He, where has he been? He just showed up, did his thing, then left for three weeks. He should have showed up the week after and at least explained And also, can I something. say for the record how stupid this is? Oh, I can't. Hunter hasn't told me why he did it. I had nothing to do with it. Hunter hasn't told me. You live in the same house as him. You sleep in the same bed as him. You both use the same bathroom. How have you not talked about this? But storyline, she's lying. Yeah, oh my you god. Know, she's, she's, you know she's going to turn on... Uh, on and Seth. Seth. Oh, God, absolutely. By the way, on Raw, when they had that backstage segment, some people were assuming that Seth was going to kiss her. I did not think that at all. What the f- Oh, God. We get it. Keep the Tumblr people away from the pro wrestling people. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't understand. What, this is PG-13. What in, the, in your right mind thought that Seth was going to kiss Stephanie on national television? Jesus Christ. What does he look like? Eric Bischoff? Stephanie has a book coming out. She is a woman, a proud woman who likes to go out there and say, I inspire women to do everything that they want. I inspire them to become basketball players. I inspire them to become Olympians. And you just and she's just randomly gonna kiss one of her one of the one of the workers while her husband is in charge of them? Big nope. So that's yeah. the, those are our predictions for Clash of Champions. Well I say well I say Kevin Owens. I yeah, as well. I, he needs it, of course. I don't know. Maybe they have Seth win it, and Triple H comes out and reverses the decision to fuck with them even more. Like I don't know. Mm. We'll see what happens. Because Seth has been losing as of late, and it's kind of. I know we just turned babyface, and babyfaces usually lose, but I don't know. After this, I don't know what they do with Seth. Me neither. Maybe because you have to build the match with Seth and Triple H from from Mania. That's where this has to go. Don't do it at Royal Rumble. Don't do it at Survivor Series in Canada because I know what finish they would do in Canada if oh, they do God, it. Jesus, do it. Jesus Christ! Do it Enough. in Orlando. Do it in Orlando where Seth made his name in NXT and Triple H 
Triple H is going to get a massive reaction because he's the one that brought them NXT. That's where they need to end this. That's where it needs to end. <sighs> so that does it for SmackDown, Raw, and Clash of Champions. That's our big WWE wrap-up for the week. Let's move on. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to move on to talking about a little bit our favorite wrestling show every single week, Lucha Underground. Hey, this is Holbrook Mike, and if you love this episode and any of the past episodes, follow us on the General Mission Wrestling Podcast Facebook page, and we're also on iTunes in the podcast app, and we're also available on Stitcher Radio. If you love just two teenagers bitching about the wrestling world, come join the madness. Well, we're ready to, we're back and we're ready to go. Thank you very much to our sound guy, DJ Love You Long Time, for those lovely commercials. And now we are back to talk about your and mine favorite, our favorite wrestling show every single week, Lucha Underground on the El Rey Network. Oh my God, this show's awesome. It, it's, it's only up to I, three seasons. It's only up to three seasons, and every single time I see it, it just gets better and better. Unlike, I don't think they've had a bad episode. They've had episodes I like more than others, but they've never had a bad episode. Honestly, yeah. Week by weekly, it, it produces the best wrestling of the world. They did a match just last week. Not this episode. We're going to talk about two episodes. We're going to talk about the episode last week and the episode this week, which is just basically a big hodgepodge of Lucha Underground to catch up. But they did a match last week between Marty the Moth Martinez and Killshot in a weapons of mass destruction match. And that match was one of the best things I had seen all year. Honestly, yeah. It was, it was a really fun hardcore match. I think, it was, personally, it was better than any hardcore match I've seen in WWE recently. This one, my God, you had blood. You had Tables. spots. Tables, ladders, chairs. Oh, my. You had guns. You had grenades. You had grenade launchers. You had... What the fuck? What the fuck was going on? Lucha Underground is what happens when you mix pro wrestling, comic books, Lucha Libre, superheroes, mystic magic, Dungeons and Dragons, science fiction, and horror movies into a blender and hit puree. And by God, is it delicious. My God, this this show produces weekly awesome uh, matches, but it also tells fantastic stories. Here's the thing. In Lucha Underground, there is no bullshit breaking kayfabe. There is no anybody like – there's nobody ever on a smartphone. There's, they're, they're not telling you to hashtag Lucha Underground main event unless it's like, unless it's like a big event like Ultima Lucha. They never say hashtag anything. It's just you and the storylines. And here's the thing. If a wrestler is supposed to be from space, they're from space. If a wrestler is supposed to be from hell, they're from hell. If they're supposed to be a, a, a dead zombie, they're a dead zombie. There's no bullshit here. It's literally just the story. If you're a fucking wizard, you're a fucking wizard. If you're a fucking wizard, you're a fucking wizard. If you're a cheesy, like, guy who does commercials, you're a cheesy guy who does commercials. Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. 
Oh my god. But again, like every single week is just some the most consistently entertaining, well-written, well-paced, well-done, well-designed wrestling I've seen. I showed my father who is 50 plus years old who has not who inconsistently watches wrestling. I showed him Prince Puma versus Mil Muertes. He watched Ultima Lucha Uno with me last year when it was happening. He came down to watch the last match with me, and he was like, oh, what is this? Is this WWE? I'm like, no, it's a different show. It's Lucha Underground. And then my brother comes down, and all three of us watch Mil Muertes and Prince Puma together, and they, both of them, collectively agreed, Ben, that was one of the best things that we've ever seen. It is. It honestly is. Ben, let me ask you this. If you were to go to... I don't know, a regular fan, a casual fan. And you told her about Lucha Underground, they're like, oh, what the fuck is that? And what match would you recommend to them they watch first? What match? That's you. That's a little hard because a lot of their matches are very saturated and storyline. But if I had to pick three, and I'm going to pick my top three again, this is an ever-changing list because just when I think I've picked one of my favorite matches, oh, I remember that match that was really awesome. So here are three I think are good for newbies. Uh, the first match on the YouTube playlist, which is Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma, their first match, which I think will give you a good taste of what's of to what come. Of what you're in store for. It's a good, it's a good sample size portion of the flips and kicks you're going to get. If you can get the full version of it, I would highly recommend watching the first Aztec Warfare because it's amazing. And I would also recommend the. I would also recommend the hardcore match between Vampiro and Pentagon Jr. It advised that you watch the storyline compilation video first. Yeah, and if you're a kid, don't watch it. Oh, God, <laughs> no. If, honestly, if I was a child, Pentagon Jr. would probably give me nightmares. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And we'll talk about Pentagon and how... Somewhat retarded, he's turned into. Oh my god! But if, if I were to pick three matches, it would be the Grave Consequences match between Phoenix and Milbertes. Brutal as fuck. I would go with Aztec Warfare One. I would go with uh, Warfare Two, which was also friggin' amazing. And I would have them watch uh, uh, the crew versus. Angelico, Son of Havoc, and Evil East for the... Oh, my God, I forgot about that one. That match was fucking insane. And you have Angelico being a goddamn nut job and jumping from the top of a small structure into the ring, which was one of the best things I'd seen all year. It's... Like, it's I'm, just I'm, the I'm best I'm going to say it again. It's just amazing. It's just a great show. But let's hone in on this newest episode specifically. We open up Ep with episode, Daria... Season 3, episode Episode 3. three. We Ultimate opportunities. If that's the thing, each episode has their own unique name, which I like. Which TNA used to do, but it was so stupid. But in because Lucha Underground, does... it works because Lucha Underground is not a wrestling show. Technically, it's it a is, show. It's a it's show, a, but it's a TV show. It's a TV, TV show, show about wrestling. When you it's... have a witch that has been alive for a thousand years, we have it's a, a TV man. show. We have a man from space. We have a man from hell, and the two of them are best buddies. That's a TV show. That's a comic book. And we have a dragon. A fucking dragon. We have a dragon. No, when he disappears, he disappears in a cloud of fire. Comic book. I read comic books. That's right out of a comic book. 
But moving on to the newest episode, episode three of this season, which has been off to a great start. This season has kicked ass so far. We're going on to the first match of the night, which was actually going to be it was going to be a surprise because it, they've started this new little edition called Dario's Dial of Doom, which I love every time it comes out, which is basically a roulette wheel, and he spins it at the beginning of every show, and the winner of – the winner being the loose term here. If whoever gets taken – Air quote, winner. The winner gets the opportunity – to face his, in storyline, his brother, the monster Matanza Cueto. Who is the Lucha Underground heavyweight champion. At the moment. And he, and this last week, it was Son of Havoc. And this week, the Dial of Doom chose The Mac, a very entertaining wrestler, a big guy, but a very agile, very athletic big guy who, I love The Mac. That guy is really underutilized. Yeah, he's awesome. He's for, a, for a guy that big, I think he's like, 290, 300, 300 pounds? Someone around the two, the 250 plus margin, but that dude, that dude can hoof it. He's, he's quick, he's agile. I love that dude, man. Yeah, and also, I love the Dial of Doom gimmick, because when Dark Raider first, uh, in the first episode, he basically told us that the Dial of Doom is, there's a bunch of names on there, but it's people who haven't faced Matanza yet. Which I liked, because we get new matches every week. Every, we get new matches every week. Again, obviously, they're, they're going to save Matanza losing for a very special time. So, obviously, sadly, the Mac did not win. Still a very good match. <laughs> moving, on, moving on past that, we have, the, we, have, the, we have Tejano versus one of my favorite wrestlers and, and yours. And too. And the Machine... Brian Cage, hey. just just known as Cage, just known as Cage in the <clears throat> just known as Cage here. And this match was awesome. TNA it, fucked up so bad on him. They, oh. didn't even, they didn't even give him a chance. Brian Cage is so friggin' awesome, and he and guess what? This match was pure awesome. It wasn't like it wasn't a technical masterpiece, but if you wanted two big dudes slugging it out doing awesome stuff, and, and Brian Cage murdering him with a discus clothesline, that's what you're going to get. But the big twist at the end of this match was whoever won this match was going to get the ultimate opportunity. But apparently they didn't read the fine print because who, the winner will get the ultimate opportunity after they win three matches because this is going to be a best-of-five series. And the series already sounds much better than the one on Raw. Oh my god, because I have not seen these two wrestle before. Yeah, and, and, and like we said on last week's show, Brian Cage is a mixture of the build of Scott Steiner, but the agility of a Rey Mysterio. And he is awesome. And by the way, we'll talk about Brian Cage a little bit later, because I have a feeling we'll be seeing him very soon. Wink, wink, wink. wink. But let's move on to a non-wrestling segment. This was a bit of a promo segment we have we have of all things we have is it is, is it what uh, i'm thinking that you're about to say famous we have famous, famous b. b and we have who famous b with his goofy commercial on television if you don't know famous b's gimmick is he's a manager who wants to get you famous called 423 get fame and by the and, way that is a real number. So if you actually call that, 
you get his voicemail, and you have to explain to him why you want to be famous. And it is consistently entertaining. But this, segment, this, his... this segment was just weird as all hell. Okay, we have two wrestlers. We have Son of Havoc and Mas... I can Mascar- never get... Mascarita Sagrada. Mascarita Sagrada. I, I mispronounce his name, which is a shame because this guy is really something. He's who's a, who's a mini lucha. He's a mini luchador, but he's amazing. He's really good. Yeah, but <laughs> just explain this because this was just weird. Okay. The, for lucha this, underground, this was the, for even lucha underground. This was the, strange. Okay, let me take you through this, and the, this is coming from the guys. We're this is we're saying this is strange, and the, we're the guys who talked about delete or decay at nauseum. So that let's. Was awesome. This was awesome. This was str- okay. Then we reviewed that from start to finish. This was strange. Okay, but, they're down. But out, in- of, but out of everything that's happened in Lucha Underground, we see people get killed. We see people eaten. We see people set on fire. This, this, this was was the weirdest segment they've had. And that is saying something. We've seen a guy get his leg. It's, Snapped in a car door, a guy get eaten by a monster. We've seen a guy burst into flames and go home to hell. And the weirdest segment they've ever done. We've seen somebody go to the moon. We've seen someone go to the moon. We've seen, okay, to the point. Let's stop delaying this. You see those two guys. We have Son of Havoc and, god damn it. Mascarita Sagrada. They're watching watching the famous B ad. They're watching the famous B ad down in Son of Havoc's mom's basement. He lives with his mother, which is hilarious on a lot of different levels. This guy looks like a grizzled badass, but he lives with his mom. Now, this segment alone is fun enough. There's the idea that these two are chilling in his basement watching TV. And the, 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 the connecting theme here is that these two have both been screwed over by famous B. Uh, Sagrada got screwed over by Famous B last season, and then Famous B's new client, Dr. Wagner Jr., defeated Son of Havoc in Ultima Lucha Dose and stole his championship chance. So they both have equal reason to hate him, but then Son of Havoc's mother comes into the room. Real, real kind of housewife-looking lady. She comes in and says, you should offer your friends some snacks. I was just like, and she, and like Sagrada saying, uh, gracias, uh, Miss Son of Havoc or whatever her name is. Oh, call me Deborah. And here, I'm going to make you boys some bagel bites. And then she takes out a big thing of bagel bites, not a parody version like they would on television, an actual licensed thing of bagel bites. And you see the little twinkle on it as if she's advertising bagel bites. Did El Rey cut a cut a deal with the bagel bite people? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I was I'm at gay. a loss after this segment. It was Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. I need to see that meme now. Just them two sitting at on the couch eating bagel bites. You just <laughs> see Kurt Hawkins on this TV screen. Kurt Hawkins? <laughs> like, right. back, and then Son of Havoc, who's obviously back crushes, be like, I did get hired, but he did. Oh, God. <laughs> Moving on. Now we go from that weirdness to the main event of the evening, which is the, which is the so-called super friends of Lucha Underground. We have Phoenix, the MVP of Lucha Underground. Yeah. Aerostar, the man from the moon. And... <laughs> And Drago, the literal wrestler from hell, 
versus his, his tongue creeps the fuck out of me. Oh my his, god, no. He drips this weird black goo out of his mouth that looks like a dragon tongue and it's weird looking. I want to know what that I don't, I want to know how that's even made or how 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 it looks like that. I I actually want I'm actually curious. I am very curious as well because it's it's a cool effect. It looks awesome. But they were facing off against the equally as a equally weird team of Worldwide Underground. Yes, that's actually their name. And it consists in the team, funny enough, in this match, the team usually consists of PJ Black, formerly known as Justin Gabriel, Jack Evans, and Johnny Mundo, formerly known as John Morrison, formerly known as Johnny Nitro. Funny enough that, but funny enough, Johnny Morrison, old Johnny Morrison, did not want a part of this match because he's gunning for the Lucha Underground Championship. That's the storyline he's currently in. He wants a championship match. Which is understandable. Which is understandable. He's been putting on good matches. He feels as though he, he's earned it, which he kind of has. But and he's replaced by, is replaced by the always awesome, the always beautiful, the always charismatic Taya. Taya, Taya is... Probably one of my new favorites on Lucha Underground. Every time she's really? on screen, no, she's not not like in my top five or whatever. But every time oh, she's, she's on, getting up there. oh, she's getting up there. She, I give this girl all the credit in the world. She got in the ring with Brian fucking Cage and got murdered by him. But goddamn it, she took that squash match like a champ. Yeah, and she. Uh... Because goddammit, that girl loves what she does, and she's willing to put her body on the line for a business, and that is that is dedication. If anybody wants to know, she was trained by the very serious Red Storm, <laughs> the man who never smiles. Oh my god! But that's also a thing that happens in Lucha Underground, where it's not really like in WWE. The men face the men, and the women face the women. In Lucha in Underground. Lucha Underground the men women can face the women, and the women can face the men. And it is awesome, and it has given us some amazing friggin' matches. But and there are some instances where it kind of goes a little too far. It was like the men are smacking women, like, like God damn it, you didn't make my dinner right, like, like that uh, type, like that type of shit. But, but other than that, the matches are always fantastic. Especially when Ivelisse, a woman who is probably about your or my size, takes on fucking Mil Muertes and puts on a decent little 10-minute match. Juanito, I love you. Shut the fuck up, Maria. Oh, God. Moving on from that, <laughs> moving on from that rousing <laughs> bit of sexism, moving on from us setting back the women's rights movement back about 400 years, let's talk about this awesome trios tag team I'm match. <laughs> it's okay, Mikey. Or forget, you know what? Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins for <laughs> Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> Maria. Maria. Moving on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Moving on. We have, we have, again, these are six really talented dudes. I almost don't want to talk about it because it was such a good match with so many good bits. You have Jack Evans struggling to get out of his ring gear. You have Taya facing off with Drago. You have Jack refusing to come into the ring. You have TJ Black. Uh, mixing it up with Aerostar. They're doing aerial moves on each other. And then you have Phoenix coming in, and Phoenix is a goddamn machine. The moves that this guy can bust out, oh, my God. Phoenix, I hope uh, that we see him in, like, WWE someday or NXT because that dude is crushing it. 
Oh my god, I'm, I'm, that, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're still. Are you still recovering from that? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Ladies and gentlemen, we have officially broken whole milk mic. Only on our second episode. We've yeah, officially... we're, we're, we're only on episode two. And we've officially I'm broken. Already, I've already died. He died. Oh it. Ladies and gentlemen, whole milk god. mic has died. So out of this whole show, what match would you recommend to people? Six out, of, out of this match, honestly, I would probably recommend the six-man tag team match because it showcases six unbelievably talented dudes doing what they do best. Flips, kicks, over-the-top moves, aerial flips, punches, and amazing hot tags to the finish. And at the end of the match, we have a, a great little moment where Johnny Mundo comes into the ring to join his brethren and they start beating down on the trio's champs until who makes the save? One of my favorite wrestlers in Lucha Underground and the current Gift of the Gods champion, Sexy Star, who joins forces with the Lucha Underground super friends. And just seeing all four of these weirdos in masks and one of them is a girl it just completes this whole superhero team dynamic they have which is <laughs> i wonder if sexy star's real name is maria <laughs> oh god shut <laughs> the fuck up stop it or i am gonna put you in a stairs match oh my god I am going to put you in a stairs match. Young man, if you do not calm down, I am going to take your ass and put it in a stairs match. And you know I don't want to do that. Nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Mike, could you tell the good no, people at home? No, Tell the good people at home how you win a stairs match. When we get to episode 10, I'll explain it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen at home, we are referring to a very obscure inside joke between it's the two. It's our little joke. <laughs> It's our own little joke about the stairs match. And if we're lucky enough to get to up to 10 episodes, we get to our 10th episode celebration, we will disclose the truth behind the stairs match joke. But not yeah. now. That is a different, but that is not for tonight. That is for a different day. As for this segment, all we can say is Lucha Underground is a fantastic show and you should totally watch it. If you love pro wrestling and put your sip of like the watered down breaking kayfabe of WWE and you just want to enjoy a ridiculously <laughs> over the top story mixed with just amazing athleticism, get the El Rey Network, find a stream online, do whatever you have to, watch Lucha By the Underground. Way, ben, do, do you have El Rey Network? I do. Fuck Time Warner Cable. They don't fucking have that chat. I have to watch it on the internet. Yes, they do. Time Warner has it. Do they do? Eh, eh. What a channel. Time my family has Time Warner Cable, and they have it. Oh, fuck. Oh, they oh, don't? Then we, must have some, we must have something else, then. We must have, like, DirecTV. Oh, wait, no. We have Fios, I think. We have Fios, so I think, yeah, Fios has it. Ah. My mistake. Apologies, people at home. Time Warner Cable does not have the L-Ray Network. I apologize. Fuck Neither Time Warner Cable. Fuck Time Warner Cable, and, and Cablevision doesn't have it either. Oh, my lord. Moving on from the awesomeness of Lucha Underground, we mentioned earlier that we might be seeing Brian Cage a little bit more in the future, and we're going from one awesome promotion to another one right here in the, right here New York, and we're going to be talking about a house of glory, all or nothing, this Saturday at the Queensboro Elks Lodge. Uh, uh, DJ, uh, DJ. Go on. What? Oh God! You he put. For those he, who he, he, 
he's talking to me outside the show. He's just doing random bullshit. For those who cannot see us, DJ Love You Long Time has been with us the entire episode. Shout out to him. He's the one that made it feel possible. Shout out to our boy, uh, DJ Love You Long Time. Moving on, so this... So this Saturday at the Queensboro Elks Lodge, it is going to be House of Glory, All or Nothing. Can you run down the card and tell the nice people what we're going to be seeing? Oh, God. For the first time ever, our favorite wrestler, Brian the fucking Machine Cage, goes one-on-one with the House of Glory world champion, Ethan Carter III, EC3. This match is going to tear the friggin' house down. If you need a sales pitch to go to the show, this is it. Just, just see fucking Brian Cage and EC3 beat the living fuck out of each other. If this match does not deliver the most holy shit, what the fuck moments for me, I am going to lose all faith in humanity. <laughs> I have high hopes for this match. Speaking, let's run down the rest of the card and tell the nice people at home what else they can see at this show this weekend. It is going to be the newly turned to the dark side EA James versus right out of the Fairchild Asylum. It is going to be Smiley. The Fairchild of... I never heard of that one before. Oh, if you like listen, like, have you never listened to his entrance theme? They always say, from the Fairchild Asylum for the criminally insane, Smiley. I don't know, because most of the time when his theme song plays, I have a certain friend that bitches and complains, so I don't hear it. Because <laughs> I hear something else happening next to me. We keep good company. Moving on, they're starting up a brand new House of Glory Tag Team Championship Tournament, which we are very excited for. And the first round match is going to be Private Party versus the Beaver Boys. Private Party... They're awesome. They're great independent worker uh, talents. Beaver Boys, really don't know that much about them, except I've seen some uh, CZW clips of them working with Team Tremendous, where they tell them that we ha- that they have their dick, but that's beside the point. Uh, I'm expecting a good match. We are going to have a mixed tag team match between EYFBO and... Sonia Strong and Sasha Jenkins. I have never, I haven't seen an intergender tag team match in uh, live this, before. This, so this, I'm this curious. It's a gender match. This is like a woman who, to be quite honest, I'm not a big fan of this match, to be honest. Because, I don't know. I'm, I'm not used to women. Like, I'm fine. When it comes to Lucha Underground, I'm fine with it. But when it comes to... Like, indie? A, like, an indie show like House of Glory be like, oh, we're going to put a woman in a man match. Like, what? It feels a little off to you, huh? Yeah, it just feels really weird. Not to put down Sonya Strong, who is unbelievable. No, she's talented. awesome. It's just that uh, it's so weird. You You question the booking logic of it. Yeah, and also we have an exclusive match that we are announcing for the first time on the General Mission Wrestling Podcast. We do? Yes, we do. We have our boys going at it. 
All-Star Lou goes one-on-one with Nikki Heat. Holy shit. You heard it here, folks. You and I've, been, first, and I've folks. been told that it's called a strong style match. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. God only knows what the hell that means, but it's going to be awesome. If it's coming from their fucked up brains, let's see what happens. It's going to be All-Star Lou versus versus Nikki Heat, and that is going to be a sick fucking match because both of those two can do a great match. So what more do you need, people? We have just listed off five to six incredible matchups. Get your $20, get your wallets out, get your best wrestling shirt, make your great, make your craziest cardboard sign. Come on down to the Elks Lodge this Saturday night and see two to three hours of some of the best pro wrestling here in New York. Oh, my God. So I think that might do it for us here at the General Admission Podcast. Yeah, I think I, I, think I, I, think I died. <laughs> Mike has died, ladies and gentlemen. So I think that's just about wraps it up. We talked about the ups and downs of Raw and SmackDown. We talked about the always amazing Lucha Underground. We plugged an always amazing indie promotion. We will be talking about more indie promotions in the future. Trust me, we will. And this has been Avenging Ben. And this is Hobo Mike. And remember, follow us on our Facebook page at the General Mission Wrestling Podcast. You can, all, and- you can download these episodes on iTunes in the podcast app and on Stitcher Radio. Don't forget to join the madness. Thank you for listening. You guys have a sick fucking night. What the fuck is this shit? Damn you, DJ. Damn you, DJ. Love you, DJ. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh.